Welcome to Between Space Podcast. We exist at the intersection of academia and Black popular culture. Exploring the space between home and away. I'm Shay. I'm Remy. And we're pseudo-academics trying to get paid. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) The natural hair movement of our generation has transformed so much. From the chokehold that Shea Moisture's curl-enhancing smoothie had us all in. (laughs) To the co-wash era to now when more and more Black women are saying that they can do whatever they want with their hair and still love themselves. We wanted to ask the question, how did we get here? Um, So, cancelable take on hairstyles in the last two to three years. My own cancelable take is... Knotless braids with edge control can go. Oh, really? Why? Edge control braids, to me, I just don't, like, you now slather edge control to, like, I don't know, smooth the edges, make it look, quote, unquote, nice, make it look laid. But now my scalp is itchy. It's flaking. Mm. Also, the it edge looks contr- gray three days in. And it you've got gray. a gray scalp. And also knotless braids really highlight your scalp. So it's just, it's a lot. I just think it's like, I remember, I'm just so biased to getting my hair braided in Nigeria where they could grip, like your hair is not blown out. The thing is like shrunken and they're just gripping it. There's no edge control, no gel, like nothing needed to make Mm. it look smooth. Whereas I feel like in this era of like Instagram, braiders i feel like you're trying to make my hair look 3c when yeah. it's not no i hear that or often i feel like they're trying to make your hair look relaxed exactly because the base looks so smooth so this tiktok came up on my for you page that i just thought was so fitting for this episode and obviously we can't all watch it together but we can play it here it is Wahala, hmm, let me think, let me turn this one down Wahala for all those natural hair babes, you know. Ah, me, I don't get time. I go relax my thing. I go relax some. I don't get time. All those natural, you know, the uh, cantu curling cream, detangle it. Get out. Kobota. I don't have time. I'm gonna relax my shade. Okay. Now they see the way it's moving like a oh, you both person. Ah, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I go relax my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Her TikToks in general are really funny. I have to see her face now. It's been so, so, so interesting chatting and like researching and talking to different people about the kind of legacy of the natural hair movement. So essentially this episode's about what is that? What was the natural hair movement? um, And how has it changed um, in light of like current trends? So people returning to relaxers, constantly seeing adverts on our instagram for silk presses and texture releases and oh just different different terms coming up every time where it's like what is that um, what is a texture release what is, please can someone help us like what actually what is it oh yeah so just basically how do we go from like having a massive natural hair movement everyone's doing the big chop everyone's going natural to today where actually lots of people feel relief to be able to be like you know what i want to relax my hair again just tracing that journey 
How would you describe the natural hair landscape amongst women in the diaspora today? Like, what are the trends? How are people feeling? Okay, I'll talk about one, something that I'm seeing because I love YouTube. I am a consumer of YouTube and have been for so, so many years. And something that I've noticed is a lot of natural hair women or influencers are saying like, wait a minute, the things that the natural hair movement vilified, like grease, Mm -hmm. like heat even, Mm -hmm. are they as bad for us Mm -hmm. as we were told they were? Like what, sulfates, silicones, all of these things that the natural hair movement is like, your hair will fall out. Like you can't be a real natural hair girl if you wash your hair with a sulfate shampoo are those things really that bad or is it a marketing ploy? Like was this whole thing like, so we can now start buying Shea Moisture and all of these um, brands that kind of were born out of the natural hair movement. I think that's what I'm seeing a lot of. And a return, a return to what worked. Mad. So with the sulfates, I remember like now coming home, now picking up all my products, like what is a sulfate? What does it look like chemically? But I like that in leathers. Now going to something that wouldn't... I remember I had one Shea Moisture. It was an eight-in-one. I can't remember the name of the product, but it's shampoo that would never lather. And I just... I just... I used the thing because it was expensive, but I could just never get my head around, like, so my hair's clean? Like, this feels... Mm. Only for a couple of years later, like, if you're not using a clarifying shampoo, then... The build-up is now stopping the growth. Of course your hair's not going to grow cool i moved to clarifying shampoo someone else said just clarifying shampoo you're not using a moisturizing shampoo after you're just stripping your hair it's like guys 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 i've always been of the mind like it cannot be that complicated it just can't be um and then what is it now uh pre-poo now i even have to pre-poo yeah yeah i never i never bought into that no 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 Personally, I I do see the benefit because... In fact, let's explain some of this. What is the pre-poo? Right. So a pre-poo is basically if you take a conditioner or, you know, an oil or some kind of... mm, I'll just say a conditioner or an oil Mm -hmm. or like something like aloe Mm -hmm. and you put it in your hair before you shampoo. And the idea is that you're able to detangle and you're able to put moisture into your hair before you use... A clarifying shampoo so it doesn't strip your hair entirely okay, okay sorry i take for- that back i actually do that sometimes <laughs> so before you were mentioning the like no grease movement and now return to grease what do you like what is that what do you mean uh yeah good question because what even is hair grease <laughs> hair grease is a uh, black hair product um I think it's made of petroleum jelly and ooh, mineral oil. It's just, you know, one of those words that just sounds so mm. like, ooh. Um, I think that a lot of the negative connotation comes from the fact that I think it's a, I know petroleum jelly is a byproduct of refining crude oil, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but I know that there's, there's actually this one um, Instagram skincare influencer that i follow she's the owner of the do i don't know if you've heard of that project uh product okay 
or that company. So she talks she talks about slugging, basically like using Vaseline for skincare. Okay. And she's like everyone has an issue with petroleum jelly, but in this whole era of like clean skincare and clean hair care, mm. if you were to run Vaseline, which is made out of petroleum jelly, under the same I guess testings or sp- whatever specifications it needs to meet in order to be marked like clean, it would be marked as clean. Right. So I think there's so much like fear mongering in the beauty community. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big challenge. I think specifically for black people, because we don't know really, it's almost like what information is the right information and what am I supposed to believe? Completely. Um, But the reason that um, the natural hair movement essentially said that grease is really bad for you is it was they were saying that oh grease is this heavy occlusive product it doesn't moisturize your hair it just seals in moisture mm-hmm. and so if you're putting grease on your hair you, moisture isn't penetrating into your strands so your hair is breaking off mm-hmm. and that's why it's not growing mm-hmm. so stop using grease 100 percent. yeah i remember that yeah whereas now a lot of the girls are like hey remember when you had thick full beautiful hair before you got relaxed that's because your mama was putting grease on your scalp (laughs) (laughs) so i think now there's kind of this big push or i've seen a big kind of resurgence and a comeback and a rebrand of you know sulfur a and blue magic Mm. now as products that we can use if we learn to use them the right way yeah and actually i think even taking a step back this is all really interesting in light of when i first went natural everything all the products were natural quote unquote so it's almost like you're feeding your hair like take raw egg put it in as a protein treatment um avocado if you can afford it back then be blending the avocado not to eat but to like slather it in your hair i remember like (laughs) doing this egg and banana mix for my (sighs) hair Mm-hmm. And then the banana chunks just being in my hair and like <sighs> drying and then trying to wash it out. And like, it's just like gunky or even like rice water. Mm-hmm. There was such like an emphasis on home products um, mm-hmm. and like doing it yourself. Like the natural in the natural hair movement was both your hair, but also the products are super unrefined and literally just like things that you could buy yourself, especially in comparison to relaxers where this is such like an obviously chemical process um Mm -hmm. i even remember with like using coconut oil one of the things my mom and my aunties found really really difficult to like wrap their heads around was like why are you guys going back to these things that like for us was like just a sign of like being like not having much money um and just also seen as like super local Mm-hmm. local local not in the positive connotations but local in terms of like kind of bush like yeah ah, oh, you can't afford refined kind of creams and stuff like that so when i was first went natural and i'd be smelling of like coconut oil my mom would be like oh, i just don't understand why you'd want to go like i remember also my mom telling me the story of co- the smell of coconut oil reminded her of being really really young going to one woman in her area who was going to do her hair she'd be using like very very original coconut oil but also Mm. her head would be like squashed in the woman's lap so smelling all kinds of smells like coconut oil was like it's associated with like being shoved in someone's like thighs so she's just like i just don't get why this is now suddenly this really really good thing but obviously everyone's same with like shea butter ori 
Like, mm-hmm. why are you going back to using this thing that doesn't smell great in comparison to the things that... Pink oil, for example. Um, yeah, so the no grease movement is also interesting in terms of that. But now to have, like, a return to it after we've mm-hmm. all thrown them out and, like, boycotted them for, like, a couple of years. Yeah, it's interesting. And listening to you say that kind of reminds me of how I feel like also what's happening right now is there's this friction between people saying that you either believe in science or you don't or and if you're putting like egg or if you're putting anything quote unquote natural from your kitchen in your hair it's because you don't believe in science almost because Mm. if you believed in science you would be you would understand that like the molecules of the protein need to be a certain size Mm. to penetrate the hair shaft and i'm like yo just tell me what to do like it's like information overload and i feel like there's youtube university that is kind of the OG, you know, natural hair influencers. And I think what we're seeing now is a lot of, I think primarily on Instagram, natural hair stylists who are saying things like, you know, you cannot use unrefined oils or butter, like no co- coconut oil, no shea butter because um, they're, too heavy. they're too heavy. This is why your hair isn't growing. Mm. It feels very overwhelming. 100%. Um, I actually didn't believe you. When you first told me this, I was thinking, (laughs) maybe this American thing. (laughs) Until I went to get my hair done for my wedding. And then I was talking to the hairdresser and she was telling me like, yeah, like using these unrefined products are not good. And it just felt like, huh? Like, what are you saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, they need to be processed if you want it to like be kind of good for your hair and I was just like what the hell like how have we got here can you think of any other kind of trends that are like that where we were told don't do this and now it's like or even sorry I actually need to go back to co-washing oh (laughs) my god she what is co-washing tell the people (laughs) co-washing is washing your hair with um kind of kind of like a conditioner or like maybe a shampoo that's kind of been it has like lots of conditioning elements but in the beginning of the natural hair movement it really felt like shampoo was like kind of an enemy of like our hair in comparison to white people's hair gets really really dry so moisture 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 is the main thing for us so you guys overwashing your hair with shampoo, which was super stripping, that's why your hair's not growing. And even, sorry, I'll carry on this point, but there's a trend for everything we're saying, babe. Like, that's the reason your hair's not growing. That's the reason, mm-hmm. no, that's actually mm-hmm. the reason. Whereas like, anyway, we'll get into that later. But like, so instead of washing your hair every time, maybe every two weeks, wash your hair with conditioner or like a specified co-wash that's like moisturizing and it's gonna keep your hair, yeah, cool. But oh, thinking, actually, thinking about this makes me laugh. Like it actually makes me laugh. <laughs> that had us in a choke chokehold. Hair that's dirty. That needs it. I'll now be slathering conditioner coming out like mm, healthy. <laughs> I just I don't. To me, like no cleansing agent. I don't get how we were. Oh my gosh! I don't know if you remember this. If you were like a natural eighty-five stan, I'm, but the whole like. <laughs> Oh my gosh, white people are going to be like, these people are crazy. Scoop it, like, um, uh, uh, what did she do? She would take, like, the sebum from her scalp and, like, run it down her hair strands. I think I remember this. (laughs) (laughs) Your hair's naturally giving you what you need. 
and I think so I think the whole idea the reason that our hair is dry drier is because the shape of our coils Mm. doesn't allow the sebum that our scalp produces to be distributed down the Mm. the the strands so the whole idea was like cool you know when white people's hair is getting greasy it's because that sebum is just flowing down the the Mm. hair shaft so for us it's like actually we have all of the oils that our hair needs. Just scoop it from your scalp and run it down your hair. And I remember the first time I used um, a clarifying shampoo, which, funny enough, was actually Shea Moisture, the, the black soap one. Mm-hmm. And my hair was springy. It felt mm-hmm. alive. I was like, wow, this co-washing thing was a lie. Because my hair never felt this like. It was just springing. It was just mm-hmm. like free. <laughs> it felt Bouncing back. Bouncing back. <laughs> from the layers and layers and layers of all this like moisture quote unquote that we were like slathering it in what do you think of the very i guess contemporary return to relaxers and straightening hair that we're seeing i think it's so interesting um and this is one of the reasons like even just from like a critical perspective it's so interesting seeing what people are actually doing in comparison to like what we say um Mm -hmm. So I feel like so many of the hairstyles and the trends just work better at the moment with with either like silk pressed hair or with like relaxed hair. So also the cost, the cost of this whole thing could be a whole separate episode season. Like black hair is expensive. Even when, even when some of the arguments to go natural was like, you spend this much money relaxing your hair every month or having mm-hmm. to go to a salon, you never can just wear your hair out. This thing's going to save you money. Lies, 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 because the products are so expensive. And with these ever-changing rules, we keep throwing products away. We keep being mm-hmm. told that, no, that's not good again. Go and get this mm-hmm. new thing. In fact, that, that will damage your hair, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> ever-changing kind of thing but like with like the price of silk pressing which which essentially is meant to be like a healthy way I'm doing air quotes Mm -hmm. of straightening your hair and I'm just doing air quotes because of so many people's bad experiences with Mm -hmm. silk pressing their hair Um, what's a silk press it's like straightening your hair but in a way Mm -hmm. where it makes it like it looks like weave it like is glossy and like shiny and it moves and swishes and it looks even it even looks different to relaxing hair do you know what i mean because mm-hmm. generally i find that there's if it's done well you generally have more more volume yes than if your hair is relaxed but like i have friends who do this regularly it's really expensive um yeah. versus your green box of olive oil ors relaxer and again also I think people are going back to it for the ease of like, this is just an easier, it makes my hair in a day-to-day way more manageable. The benefits of being natural, quote unquote, don't outweigh convenience and like being able to style my hair in all these different ways easily every day and not having to go to a salon um, and pay loads of money and sit there for ages to do something. I think one of the reasons why a lot of people went away from relaxers was because we were hearing like this, you know, is carcinogenic. Like mm-hmm. this can give you cancer. This mm-hmm. is dangerous. This can burn your scalp. Like mm-hmm. you're doing all of this for what? Um, but I think 
as time goes on, I think women are pushing back against that because Mm -hmm. I think they're finding ways to maybe if if you relax your hair less often or if you don't, you know, sit there and let it it sit on your scalp and and burn your head for For that good good straight hair. I used to always have straight hair. Yeah. Yeah. And even just health of hair, I think like a lot of people were told that your hair can't be natural relaxed. Mm. But now I think a lot of women are like, I can have very healthy relaxed hair and mm. i can also have very unhealthy natural hair exactly if you had to kind of like pick a few main things what do you feel has resulted in this disillusionment and people doing kind of what feels like the antithesis of the natural hair movement so relaxing their hair or constantly straightening their hair like mm-hmm. what are the main reasons you feel like we've gotten to this place that's a good question um, I think, honestly, the the cult vibes. I think of the <laughs> of the natural hair movement. It it could feel Giving so cult. oppressive. Yeah, you know, mm. like it. There's so many rules about what you can and can't do mm. to be part of the natural hair community. Like we talked about, just this whole like sense of your hair has to look like this. And if it doesn't look like this, it means this about you. It means that you feel this way about yourself. Mm. And I think that a lot of women are just tired of that. Completely. And also just like, I literally remember, God forgive me, being like to one of my friends, you blow dry your hair. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But that's bad. Cool. I guess that's fine for you. Um, But the heat. Heat Heat damage. Heat damage. Are you using like a heat protector? Even so... Like, you know, there are ways you can stretch your hair without heat that work just mm-hmm. as well. African threading. Rubber band <laughs> method. Banding. Um, too, 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 too many rules and processes. And they're long. Let's tell yes. the truth. Wash How day. Long? God. <laughs> Being arm day. And I, and I think it's in many ways what we're seeing now, the almost quote unquote freedom is what the natural hair was tr- movement, I guess, was trying to achieve. Completely. Because I think it was like a pendulum swing way too far in the other direction, mm-hmm. where it was like, okay, we are oppressed by these European beauty standards. Go natural, return back natural. But actually, you have to do it this way. And if Completely. you don't do it this way, you're not part of the clique. Something you mentioned earlier on about like YouTube University was also really, really interesting. Like, I think... There's actually a fundamental like knowledge issue of like mm-hmm. whose knowledge do we believe? Is it the YouTuber who's like, wow, I can see the results on you um, and you're showing me what products and I can watch your videos from five months ago, 10 months ago, two years ago, like, wow, your hair's grown. Let me follow you. Is it these kinds of like specialists and scientists who are telling us like, no, you need to use processed things because on a molecular level, again, it's something I can't access as an everyday person. So do I yeah. believe you? And like, obviously, generally in society, we have this trust for what scientists kind of say. Um, mm. Or can I believe my my own knowledge? Like, actually, I think Dax is just fine for me. Yeah. I like how it feels in my hair. Like, who do we believe? Am I actually able to like know my own hair without mm. all of these like, super specialist kind of knowledge but also something we were talking about a couple of weeks ago when you have like a professional lens for your hair 
what is that hair like aiming for? Like, mm-hmm. what is that professional um, kind of approach to your hair aiming for? So I remember you talking about going to some hairdressers where they do kind of processes for you, but it'd be like, so your hair could be specifically like, yes, a wash and, wash and go will now work on you and yes. it will be super springy and it will look like a picture. Mm-hmm. But is that my actual everyday aim to be able to do a billion processes so that the wash and go will pop? It's, it's really interesting to think about because when I think about my, in my adult life, my experiences going to natural hair salons, it's been very much like, let me get a curly cut so that, and like, let me find the right mousse or gel or whatever to put in my hair so that I get, you know, my curls pop and they freeze right in place. And I have these, these curls, not necessarily just kinks or Afro textured mm. hair. And I think that is the camp that the people that are saying no oils and butters sit in, where a lot of those people that I see on Instagram, the hairdressers that are saying no oils and no butters, the end result and the goal is wash and go coils. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like the girls that are saying literally do a hot oil treatment and slather your hair from root to tip in butter, their goal is length retention, it's fullness. Mm it's right and so i i don't know i find that to me i find that puzzling because i almost don't it's not that i don't know what to believe but i think they have different aims Mm. and the terminology keeps changing remy please Mm. tell me (laughs) what does it mean for your hair to be heat trained you told me this and i actually fell over (laughs) my best friend the love of my life went to (laughs) get her hair silk pressed so that she could get a good trim and so she pulls up to the salon and the lady's like oh your hair is natural natural like it's you know (laughs) and she's like natural natural like are there degrees to which my hair can be natural and she was like yeah you know if you're gonna keep getting a silk press like you're gonna have to heat train your hair she was like heat train what you mean damage like (laughs) heat damage my hair so the thing will lay yeah i don't the terminology changes texture release tell me what that is i'm googling it now actually because i think we need to and even i actually know some people that have got them but then when i saw it it looked like a it looked like a blowout to me okay are you ready yeah. What is a texture release? A texture release is a semi-permanent straightening system that makes your hair straight whilst maintaining your natural curls. That sounds like a lie. And will only stay in your hair for up to 12 weeks. When texturizing, you add straight texture to the hair. The amount of texture depends on preference and suitability. Hmm. So it's semi-permanent. I don't believe that, but anyway. I've seen something here. A texture release is a heat activated straightening system that uses a combo of amino acids and glyoxylic acid to temporarily loosen curly and coily hair. It's a treatment that has to be done in salon by a professional. So it's temporary. So, okay, yeah, this is a new thing. Um, Thing is, with all this stuff, where do these things come from? I, I, sorry. If it doesn't, if it doesn't damage my hair, I'm down to try it. Yeah. But that's that's a big if. 
I think a lot of, and you brought up a really good point, Shay, where you were saying that a lot of what we hear now is is women saying, actually, if something damages my hair, I don't really care. It's mm. just hair. Exactly. I honestly feel like this is running in parallel with soft life. Yes. It's yes. like, just give me ease. Yes. If it's going to damage my hair, I don't care. Give me just ease. Honestly, we'll cut it off and start again. So the promise we were sold for the natural hair movement was we're going back to like our original length, quote unquote. So some of us as like babies and toddlers before we relaxed our hair had like longer hair than we were having at like 18. Um, but then when we became natural and it wasn't doing that, it was kind of like, I was told coming into this, my hair would be natural and grow long. So if it's just natural and not growing long, I think it's not what people bargained for and actually not taking on the natural hair movement in its complete naturalness. And I think mm -hmm. it's really interesting because with any movement, you kind of take specific aspects and leave other aspects. Like, do you think as many people would have gone natural back then if they thought that in five, six years time, their hair wouldn't be past shoulder length? I don't think so. Yeah, uh, I'm laughing to myself because I remember this video. And this woman was like, all of y'all are talking about how your hair was down your back when you were three years old. But when you were three years old, your back was four inches long. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just funny because it's such a thing of like, yeah, you know, when I was when I was younger, like my hair was down our, my back, blah, blah, blah. But like that is such a it's such an interesting point that you bring up about the quote unquote promise mm. or what we were promised. And I, I think that for me from the multiple times of shaving and regrowing my hair what I think the reason for that was was that when you were two years old you would have your hair brushed up into a simple style and left for x amount of time mm -hmm. washed and then like I remember having the little um the little braids or twists with those um those little bobbles on the end lovely <laughs> If you swing it, your head too hard and it whacks you, get you slapped in the face with that beat. Fiona brings up a really interesting point about us being obsessed with length. Like it is only when my natural hair is long mm. that I can feel confident with it. Until mm. then, it's getting put under braids or a wig. Or what do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think the spearheading bit of the natural hair movement was. My hair is not nothing to be ashamed of. My hair is beautiful in spite of white beauty standards. Um, I can look after my hair. I don't have to do these chemically kind of toxic processes in order to just have my hair be acceptable and presentable, both in the workplace and like just general kind of desirability. But actually there can be all of that and you can vibe with that, but not be in a place where like that's enough yet. Mm. So when it came with that and your hair will be so much longer and fuller and healthier mm -hmm. than it currently mm -hmm. is. Those mm -hmm. two things together, part of it is aspirational, like where I hope I can grow to being comfortable with. And part of it is actively stuff I want, like right now. Mm. I screenshotted this off Twitter from someone called Azaria. Mm -hmm. um, they're at Azaria. And she says, I do not like my natural hair. The styles that were practical for me did not make me feel beautiful. Mm. I tried to embrace and accept it. I failed. 
I live with the truth that, the, that my perception of my hair is rooted in and clouded by anti-blackness. I think we conflate seeing the beauty in black hair with seeing the beauty in our own black hair on our own heads. I admire women that wear their natural hair in styles that are suited for Afro textures, but I do not have the courage or confidence to do it myself. Many of us are in such severe denial about why our natural hair isn't our default style of choice. I was bald for years and now I have locks, so I've managed to find natural styles that work for me. I love the versatility of our hair and support black women in styling however they please, but please don't misunderstand me. The way we feel about our hair needs to change. I think that's interesting. Because it... It's a very vulnerable post, I think. Very. Saying many of us are in such severe denial about why our natural hair isn't our default style of choice. And I think that, you know, we can art, we can we can talk about the the pure the sheer like amazing creative output, you know, that comes out of that comes from black creators and how often that expression is through hair and how it's often through straight hairstyles and weaves and how we are the creators of these trends but then to her point like we're we're trying so hard to prove that okay we can still love ourselves and wear our hair straight but then why is it so hard to wear it natural Mm. yeah you know, if we're like, this has nothing to do with white people or white standards, like this is for us, this is not for the white gaze, cool. So then is there a balance? Mm. Sure, it doesn't mean that we don't love ourselves or it doesn't mean that we're pandering to white people and, and but there it's, there's, it seems to be an imbalance. No, I definitely, definitely hear you. Um, Also, one of the trickiest things with this is it's so personal and I'm not in anyone's head or their heart to know Mm -hmm. their motives or motivations. Yeah, kind of rounding up, like, what do you think the natural hair movement has been successful in doing? What do you think is incomplete? And what do you think it's just failed at in 2022? I think it's been successful in giving women, you know, the power of choice and men, the power of choice. Mm. Um, I think we spoke a lot about the knowledge issue. And though I, I think it's a little shady that so much of the knowledge that was generated in the natural hair community came out of YouTube university. Mm. I think that in many ways it did just spread knowledge that didn't exist before. Exactly. Um, And I think to your friend, I think it was Fiona, maybe it was your other friend, but to their point, um, you know, she talked about how so many of our parents didn't know how to do our hair or didn't Mm. know what to do to our hair. So they just relaxed it. Mm. And I think that kind of power of choice to allow women to and men to think like, okay, there is this other option. Um, I think it was great, mm-hmm. but I think again, it was a little suffocating. Mm-hmm. 
and create an environment where you're either with us or against us and you either follow these rules or you're not part of the clique. And there are a million teachers. Too many. Yeah. What do you think? I feel like the movement was really, really good at like, I do embrace my hair so much more now. Like, mm. I'll take out my braids before. I remember, take out my braids, you're panicking. It's a short amount of time to like, relax it, find a hairdresser, next hairstyle. I was very much hairstyle, living hairstyle to hairstyle. I think also the movement has a very tricky and complicated relationship with what is natural. Is natural what our quote unquote, you know, the kind of hotepi vibes, what our ancestors did? <laughs> is it like what com- comes like products which come naturally from the continent? Is it products which you naturally kind of have around you or like our hair is obviously worth learning and like studying so do we then go down the scientific route of actually let's study and learn this thing and on a molecular level do this thing to all these proteins and amino acids and blah 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 all these things to get the best hair possible like because we don't have a problem i don't have a problem like putting hyaluronic acid niacinamide serum on my skin in order to help this thing uh, humectant and all this stuff i'm happy to do that to wear sunscreen to like block uv rays literally something that's natural but do we feel funny about that when it's for our hair um mm. so i think that whole bit is complicated i think what it's failed at is is that like it presented itself as the only option mm. um for a self-loving person mm-hmm. um yeah it didn't it didn't get that right um i also think like it also didn't differentiate between aims if you're that girl who wants to get like butt long hair if that's not like a genetically easy thing for you to do then you're going to want to do those million steps of things and be super mm-hmm. careful with it if you just want hair that like one day it's in braids one day i dye it one day i do this here's like a stripped back more laid back thing you can do and that's fine um yeah i think i think that's me on it but this kind of takes me on to like something else i was reading um for this episode i was gonna say it's a perfect segue into your uh yeah, yeah. um and the title of this is Not All the Women Want to Be White, Decolonizing Beauty Standards. And it's by Shirley Ann Tate. Yeah, I'm just finishing this, like reading that that, um, conclusion. I think that this is kind of about like, what we embrace, we make ours. Sure. Because we've embraced it and we are now producing it, Mm -hmm. it it, it can be ours. Producing in what sense? Like... In the sense black of cult of are not ours. The tre- no, but ours. I pr- producing, I guess, in terms of trends. Okay, but I still think it's cap, <laughs> and I still think seriously, I do not think it can tell the whole story because we still are calling people ugly for wearing yeah. their hair. Like it's it's not the full mm. truth yeah. that like we are completely free of this colonial blah blah, blah and it is for us and by us and mm. like because it's it's we can be 
even when we're not concerned about the white gaze, I think we can perpetuate a standard. Yeah. Even within our own communities, in mm-hmm. the same way that we can do the brown paper bag test, no white person is coming to check. It's not to go into a white church. It's to go. In, it's it's to go into a black church. Mm-hmm. It's to be accepted into a black sorority. Mm-hmm. And none of those black women in there hated themselves or wanted to be white. They wanted to be a particular kind of acceptable black. <laughs> That's it. Bye. <laughs> it would also be fantastic from you guys as our listeners to know what's your natural hair journey been and where do you think it's going um, yeah what do you think the next kind of five to ten years might look like tell us some fun hair stories too we love a good hair exactly. story <laughs>